Hello, my name is Nadine Kaskis, and I'm a board-certified dermatologist. Hi, my name is Ravin Patel. I'm a family medicine resident. Hi, this is Dr. Mona Amin, pediatrician. Hi there, this is Dr. Dylan Greeny. Hi, this is Kathleen Wayne. Hello, everyone. My name is Dr. Darshan Shah. Hi, my name is Leela Adelaide. And I'm going to be talking about what a misconception about the journey to medicine that was unveiled to you after you became a physician. Today, I would like to share a study strategy. The uh, question was, what advice would I give to driven pre-med students to enter the world of medicine? And I think it's a great question. I think the biggest misconception... Good morning, travelers, pre-med students, and undergraduates. Welcome to Doctors Inn. This is where medical experiences are shared, study strategies are examined, and life lessons with a sprinkle of advice and habits are served. My name is MD Hawk. And my name is Natalia Krutovska, and I will be co-hosting some of the episodes for the Doctors Inn podcast. In our podcast series, we will be featuring a wide range of proactive physicians who have taken strides towards global public, gender, and mental health initiatives to ultimately improve healthcare around the world. Through interview-based discussions, we attempt to deconstruct the art of learning, habits, and work ethics shared through the experiences of our featured guests. As an introduction to the podcast, we want to feature 10 doctors who are either in residency or recently finished residency to share their medical and academic experiences by answering the three questions we asked them. The first question was, what is one efficient study strategy that helps you to be successful academically. For our second question, we asked, what is a misconception about the journey to medicine that was unveiled to you after you became a physician? The third question was, what advice would you give to a driven pre-med student about to enter the world of medicine? In this podcast, we'll be compiling stories and valuable advice from the 10 physicians and relaying their responses to you guys so you can get as inspired as we did. The doctors that are featured in today's episode come from diverse fields in medicine such as dermatology, pediatrics, allergy and immunology, physical medicine and rehabilitation, internal medicine, cardiology, and plastic surgery. The following lineup of physicians will be talking about burnout, study strategies, non-traditional paths to medicine, self-care, gender gaps, personal narratives, and so much more. Awesome! Let's get started! So for our very first guest, we would like to introduce Dr. Kathleen Wang, who is a board-certified physician in allergy and immunology. She gave a unique perspective about medicine, introducing the Japanese term ikigai, which means a reason for being. When she discussed study strategies, she emphasized negative impacts of social media and how we can make better use of our study time using the Pomodoro technique. Thank you so much for inviting me to talk to you on this podcast about recommendations for pre-medical students. The one study strategy that I have for pre-med students to be successful academically is to make a study schedule and really try to stick to it. Because what inevitably happens if you don't have a study schedule or a study plan is that there's lots of distractions and social media being one of them. It's really, really easy to get lost in social media and just keep scrolling and scrolling because there's really no end to social media, right? So how I stick to a study schedule is I write everything out and then I use the Pomodoro technique to keep me on track. So what that is, is, and there's lots of apps for this. It's essentially a timer that times how long you should be studying or focusing for and then also times your breaks. So my Pomodoro app has me focusing for 25 minutes with a five minute break and that repeats four times. And after about two hours, you get a 25 minute break. And I find that technique to be very, very effective in studying. 
your career as a doctor is going to be a very exciting, but a very long one. So my number one tip is really to examine the reasons why you are going to medicine. So if you're doing it because of family pressures or for any reason other than for yourself, I really want you to relook at it and think about whether this is really the right career path for you. A term that I didn't know in my earlier days in training that I recently learned about is a Japanese term called ikigai. And it really is talking about your reason for being. So it's the intersection of what you love to do with what you're good at, the intersection of that with what the world needs and what you can be paid for. And for me, my ikigai is really medicine and what I'm currently doing. And I just challenge you to really think about that term and think about whether medicine is your ikigai. I think if it is great, medicine is really a noble and selfless profession. And I really wish you the best of luck. If you'd like to learn more about what Dr. Wang is up to, you can follow her on Instagram at triangleallergydoc. That's T-R-I-A-N-G-L-E-A-L-L-E-R-G-Y-D-O-C, where she shares her favorite books, meaningful quotes, and educational tips on food allergies and so on. For our second guest, we have Dr. Mona Amin, who is a board-certified pediatrician. Her advice focused on the time and financial commitments that come along with the journey to medicine, where she highlights a misconception about student loans. She also suggests to engage in healthy habits and self-care. So a misconception for me was the time investment. I obviously knew that this would be extremely, extremely time-consuming. But as you know, a 20-something-year-old going to med school, you never really realize how much it's going to impact your 20s and maybe even your 30s. So you really have to want to be a doctor because it's a time investment and it's also a financial investment. So that leads me to another thing that was never really portrayed to me in a misconception, which is truly how expensive medical school can be. I did have to pay for my entire medical school on my own and the loans that I took out at the time, I thought, great, this is something I'll pay back. I'm going to be a doctor for many years. And then you kind of realize that when you become a physician, when most of your salary is going to your loans, it can kind of take away the joy of being a doctor. So if you are going into medicine, I really need you to remember to truly, truly go into it for the joy of the specialty. And then the whatever money you make is going to feel right because you love what you're doing. So remember that the time investment, the financial investment, it's for a purpose, right? It's truly a calling to be a doctor. And you want to make sure that you're going in it for the right reasons. The next question was, what is one efficient study strategy that helped you to be successful academically? Everyone has different study styles. I found that I was initially doing self-study. I would study the material. I would read it back. I would verbally say it back to myself. And then I realized for me that the best thing was talking to other people in study groups. So the study groups became very useful because we would quiz each other. We would talk about the concepts. And when I was able to teach someone it or learn it from someone else, it just stuck better for me. And as a medical student, it's important to remember what style works for you. The last question, what advice would you give to a driven pre-med student about to enter the world of medicine? I think the most important thing to remember is that, like I said earlier, you have to want to do this. This has to be your calling. This has to be something that you would potentially want to do for 20 to 30 years. And you have to choose a specialty that aligns with your values, right? I'm a pediatrician. I obviously love children. If you don't love children, you're not going to be a pediatrician, right? If you don't love outpatient, you're not going to be a family medicine doctor. If you don't like doing procedures, you're not going to be an ER doctor. 
doctor. So remember that when you're trying to find the specialty that works for you and not just go into something for the fame, the money, or whatever it may be. The other thing I want to tell you as you embark on this journey, it is long, it is hard work, but it is very worth it. We are in a field where we truly get to help. We truly get to, you know, have to have an impact on the patients that we see. And some days it's not going to feel like that. The way medicine is and the way it's changing, sometimes it does feel like it can be customer driven or patient driven versus our interest at heart. And so you want to make sure that you're in it for the right reason, because that's going to take you a long way. And then the other thing is make sure you make time for yourself. Try to find those times in your day where you can have self-care, whether it's exercising, do not start drinking, do not start doing drugs. This is not the time to go to that as a coping mechanism. I have seen it happen. You want to find good coping skills to get you through those hard days. Surround yourself with friends that are uplifting. Don't surround yourself with people who are ultra competitive to a point where it makes you feel bad about yourself. Really enjoy the experience. It is something very, very awesome. Ask a lot of questions. Be humble on rotations. If you don't know the answer, don't say, oh, okay, well, this, that, maybe this. No, just say, I don't know. It's okay to be humble and say, I don't know, but I will look it up. That is my biggest advice because you are not going to know everything. Even as a doctor practicing for five years, I don't know everything. And even as a doctor who practices 20 years, I'm not going to know everything. So you really want to be humble. You know what you know, you accept the things you don't, and you're motivated to learn. This is incredibly valuable advice. You can follow Dr. Amin on Instagram at PetsDocTalk, which is P-E-D-S-D-O-C-T-A-L-K, which is also the name of her podcast. She keeps her followers up to date on medical stories and gives advice on pediatric care to new moms and and all caregivers. Overall, her Instagram feed and podcast are both very motivational. Oh, that's awesome. Definitely worth a listen. Up next, we have Dr. Ambreen Mohammed, who is a board-certified cardiologist. She gave us insight on misconceptions about medicine, revealing that it isn't always a straightforward path and that there will be many hurdles along the way. She tells us about her journey to medicine in a brief anecdote. She also gives several pointers about what pre-med students should focus on in their undergrad years, along with a few words of encouragement, which we all certainly need sometimes. I think the biggest misconception is that it's a straightforward path to becoming a physician. Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that for a lot of people. Medicine in and of itself is a very competitive field and it's taxing and it takes a long time to get to where you want to get to. And I can say, speaking for myself, it was a particularly difficult journey and I did didn't anticipate that it would be so difficult and I would have as many hurdles as I did. This is starting all the way in undergrad. I didn't do well on my MCATs. I ended up going to a Caribbean medical school. Being in the Caribbean was difficult. I wasn't near anything familiar. I didn't know anybody. And then having to do rotations in the United States at multiple different hospital sites all across the nation, having to pick up and move multiple times, not matching into the residency program of my choice starting at that residency program, not being happy with it, having to transfer to a different residency program. And then when I applied for fellowship, I wasn't able to match into fellowship the first time. So then I had to apply again, and I ended up matching into my top choice of fellowship. So the whole point being that I was still able to get to my end game of becoming a physician and becoming a cardiologist, but the path getting here was extremely difficult. 
And I don't think that people really realize that when they see me now and they see me happy and they see me with a smile on my face, they think, oh, wow, she has it all. Little do they know that I've had to go and endure so much difficulties along the way. Although I don't regret it because I'm really happy I had to go through what I went through because I wouldn't be where I am today. Get ready for a long but gratifying ride. If you know that the steps ahead are going to be many, but you will eventually end up at your end goal, I feel like you can better prepare yourself to go through that journey. Understand that there will be times where your plan will deviate a little bit, and that's completely okay. If you're driven and you're passionate about becoming a physician at the end of the day, no matter what hurdle you have to overcome, you will get to that end goal. Make sure that you have mentors that are older than you, either in school or that are in training, that are already physicians that can help guide you. You know, make sure that you study well and you study hard. You know, have your goals in line so that it can be the easiest transition to get to where you want to get to. Thank you, Dr. Muhammad, for being so open with your story and for sharing your journey to medicine. Check out Dr. Muhammad's Instagram page at Dr. Ambreen Muhammad. That's D-R-A-M-B-R-E-E-N-M-O-H-A-M-E-D. To hear more advice and follow up on her most recent involvement in Heart to Heart, where today's cardiologists talk about their careers, how they got there, and their involvement in social media, and so much more through their published video segments on IGTV. Now we have a special appearance of the TikTok dermatologist, Dr. Dylan Greeny, who is a third-year dermatology resident at Indiana University. He shares a study strategy that involves space repetition while heavily emphasizing personalized techniques that work best for you. He also takes a great deal of interest in fitness and explained how you can use fitness to combat burnout. I think that some of the biggest you know, misconceptions are that you have to put your life on hold or really not focus on your health or wellness while you're going through this. Of course, you know, it's so busy. There's so much to learn. You could study forever and you're never going to know every single detail. So by default, if you don't prioritize your health and wellness and these things, then you'll fall into un- unhealthy habits. So I think that it's very doable to have a balance in your life when you're going through med school, but you do have to make an effort to put those healthy habits in place. And you can burn the midnight oil in the library until one o'clock in the morning by yourself. But I like having a group of people around, even if you're not studying with them, to share this experience with them. You know, these are the only people that's really going to understand what it's like to go through this. So I think it's important to keep a good social structure. You shouldn't have to isolate yourself to be successful. Every single day, make time for yourself to move, to exercise, to eat healthy. I think that's some of the most important things people can really feel like they're putting their life on hold. But you got to remember, you got to take care of yourself to be able to take care of your patients. And I was just answering the question, what is one efficient study strategy that helped you be successful academically? And I think this is a great question because for any undergraduate student coming to medical school, uh, when you first get started in those first few hectic weeks, you're going to look around and all your classmates are going to be doing different stuff. Some people are going to be illustrating pictures. Other people are making flashcards. 
you know, other people are highlighting the book like crazy. And the biggest thing you have to know is that you got into medical school for a reason. You've been successful academically to this point. The most important thing is to continue using the strategies that you've done in undergrad to get you to this point. But I always say do more of it. So you have to be willing to admit and understand that if stuff isn't going well, you're not performing as well as you'd like to, that you should maybe try a different study strategy. A very popular one recently that's important in residency and medical school goal is the, you know, the repetition. So there's a lot of new apps and things like that that allow you to have space repetition in your studying. And that's one to certainly try. Very well said. A renowned space repetition app is called Anki, which is widely used by pre-meds, medical students, and residents. You can follow Dr. Greeny on Instagram at soulmd, that's S-W-O-L-E-M-D, where he will keep you updated on skincare routines like finding cheap alternatives to expensive skincare products and dermatology procedures. Next is a New York City board-certified dermatologist at Mount Sinai, Dr. Nadine Kaskas. She talked about what worked best for her as a visual and tactile learner. She also brought out burnout and we're glad she did. The statistics can be scary, but it's important to talk about and she complimented her response with advice on how to combat it. Let's listen to the clip. Thank you to the coordinators for inviting me to participate and for their hard work in compiling these podcasts. Today, I would like to share a study strategy that's helped me succeed academically. The first step is to identify the type of learner you are. I'm a mostly visual and tactile learner, so I use the following study method. When reviewing chapters and doing practice questions, I used to take notes on a spiral-bound notebook of the items I did not know and all the practice questions I got wrong. I would then review these handwritten notes frequently until I knew them, crossing out information as it became retained. Finally, prior to the exam, I would end up with a concise amount of notes to review that contained only the information that I still needed to study. This allowed me to truly master the material. The last topic that I would like to discuss would be advice for pre-med students entering the world of medicine. You are about to undertake a very long and difficult journey filled with sacrifice. It is important for you to be aware of the phenomenon of burnout, which is a long-term stress reaction marked by exhaustion. This is a major problem in medicine. A national survey of over 15,000 physicians in the U.S. in January of 2020 found 42% of doctors overall were affected with burnout. Women were affected more than men. The best way to treat burnout is to actively prevent it. Prioritize sleeping, proper nutrition, exercise, staying connected with and involved with family and friends, and try to cultivate hobbies outside of medicine. Take care of yourself so that you can take care of others. I hope this information has been helpful. Best wishes to you all. That's really great advice. Dr. Kaskas is truly inspiring. She's also co-founder of Dermatology Relief, which is a service organization whose mission is to improve the skin health of those living in resource-poor settings. And she does that alongside volunteer work and research. To hear more from Dr. Kaskas, check out at Nadine Kaskas, MD, that's N-A-D-I-N-E-K-A-S-K-A-S-M-D on Instagram, where she shares information on hair, skin, and nails, and also has a really awesome travel feed. 
Now I would like to introduce Dr. Kirk Lozada, who is a facial plastic surgeon. He shares with us the importance of being nice to people while on rotations by connect with increased opportunity in the workplace. He also emphasizes the ability to be consistent while studying. The biggest piece of advice I have is consistency. You can't cram uh, not having watched lectures or gone to class in a week and then try to catch up really quickly. Um, the other piece of advice I'd have in terms of uh, going through residency and medical school especially, but always be very nice to everybody and treat everyone as an equal, nurses to physician assistants to um, you know the environmental services staff. But if you're nice to everybody, um, and you'll find that you'll be getting a, a much richer experience in the hospital, getting um, a lot more out of the whole experience. This is incredibly beneficial. You can follow Dr. Lozada on Instagram at Dr. Kirk Lozada, which is D-R-K-I-R-K-L-O-Z-A-D-A, where he shares surgical procedures with before and after pictures. He also posts scientific papers that are an interesting read. Up next, we have Dr. Tina Ho, who is another facial plastic and reconstructive surgeon in Philadelphia. She emphasizes that pre-med students should be certain that the medical field is their quote-unquote all-or-nothing before pursuing it and to make sure that it's for the right reasons. She also covers topics such as gender gaps in medicine and the importance of utilizing different study resources. I'm someone who knew from an early age that I wanted to commit to a career in medicine, but you don't realize the years, the effort, the time, the sacrifice it really takes, even if you're in the midst of it and enjoying it. I think it's important to have a mature sense about the process and take the time for balance self-care, even taking time off like a gap year before entering med school. In terms of advice that I would provide for a driven pre-med student entering the world of medicine, my one big piece of advice is to really make sure that there's nothing else out there that compares to a career in medicine. I similarly say that when I talk to medical students who are interested in a career in surgery, for me, I feel like there was nothing else outside of surgery or that appealed to me. If you do enjoy something else uh, in medicine besides surgery, I strongly recommend you to consider that because with your career choice, whether it's in medicine in general, or especially for myself as a female physician, female surgeon, certain considerations that I didn't realize until now in reality, certain gender gaps, challenges that I face as a female, work-life balance, family considerations, uh, we all need to take it into perspective and appreciate that it's still going to be worth it in the long run. One reason not to go into medicine is from a financial standpoint point to make money. When it comes to patient care, you uh, most of the time, if not all the time, prioritize your patients first above yourself, your family, your other loved ones. That's a really large commitment to anticipate and you don't realize until um, you are actually a practicing uh, physician. In terms of study strategies, so for me, that was one challenge for me, I think, leaping from college to medical school, sticking to a regimented schedule in terms of studying. College classes were actually pretty straightforward for me where I could do crunch studying um, right before exams. So I highly recommend to have a good study schedule. If needed, seek out tutors who specialize in exam taking techniques that really help me in residency with our in-service exam. And I form study groups so that it's another great way way to get through uh, the material together and figure out another way of learning. 
To see Dr. Ho's work in action, follow her on Instagram at Dr. Tina Ho. That's D-R-T-I-N-A-H-O, where she posts before and after shots of her surgeries and videos of the procedures. Super cool. I can watch those all day. It is really important to highlight the gender gap in medicine. So thank you for that. Next, we have Dr. Ravin Patel, a family medicine first year resident. Dr. Patel assures us that we do not have to follow a checklist mentality to confirm to what we think medical schools want us to do. He shares his thoughts on being a well-rounded person and applicant while also not losing self-identity. You have this misconception in undergrad that people are very academic and all they focus on is medicine and they don't have a life outside of medicine. And I feel like even starting from the first year, actually, that that's a huge misconception that you have to lose your identity to medicine. And I feel like a lot of people fall into that trap because they think that they have to or to fit in, you have to only care about medicine and all your thoughts have to be about medicine. You can't talk to your family or friends and you become this person who's just focused on diagnosing and treating. But I think that's far from the truth. And I feel like that's validated by some of the physicians I've encountered in my lifetime and just the type of physician I'm becoming. I'm really interested in health and fitness, working out, dieting and all that. And a lot of people said as a pre-med, there's no way you're going to keep up with that while you study for the MCAT. And they said it again for medical school. And like, there's no way in medical school. And then when I got to residency, there's like, there's no way you're going to have time. But I think it's all about priorities. And one of the biggest things I've learned is keep true to yourself during this journey because it's a long journey and you pass these amazing milestones like passing the MCAT, getting into medical school and as soon as you reach one of these big milestones you realize how many years you have left like we were just celebrating like a few months ago our graduating medical school and matching into residency and now i'm back to square one and during intern year i'm like wow okay i have three more years of residency so you're at the bottom of the totem pole again so i think one of the best ways to persevere in this career of medicine is don't forget the things that you really enjoy if that's painting, spending time with your friends, photography, sports, athletics, really make time for that. And if you have to sacrifice a little bit of the studying or the medicine, that's okay because you have a lifetime to learn about all this. And it's not going to come from you dedicating yourself to medicine 24-7. It should be an important part of your life, but it shouldn't be your whole life. In addition, I just wanted to address another question about advice to driven pre-med students. Starting the pre-med journey is a very uh, treacherous task. There's so much that goes into it that people don't understand and why you were so um, involved in every activity, volunteering and hyper-focused on the standardized test MCAT, which is going to get you into school and the letters of recommendations. So one piece of advice I'd love to give is, you know, focus on making yourself well-rounded. Don't be the person you think medical schools want because there's enough people that have 4.0s with a 520 on their MCAT who did cancer research at Harvard. They have enough of those people. They really are looking for people who are unique. And I think if you center your life around things that you're passionate about, that will showcase in your application. And obviously grades and test scores are important. But in terms of your extracurriculars, if you spend time in service and doing things that you actually love rather than doing things that you think you're supposed to love and enjoy doing, I think that you'll be a happier pre-med and you'll ultimately make a better doctor because you can use those experiences you have and those passions and really use them to connect with other physicians, other staff, and most importantly, your patients. It is incredible that you motivated us to continue to be ourselves in the competitive field of medicine. Interestingly enough, Dr. Patel is also a NASM, which is National Academy of Sports Medicine Certified Personal Trainer. You can find Dr. Patel on Instagram at Vinny Patel, which is V-I-N-N-Y-P-A-T-E-L, where he will keep you motivated with fitness posts and his journey through medicine. 
Dr. Leela Adelaide, who is a board-certified dermatologist in Orange County, California, covered all three topics, study tips, advice, and misconceptions. She mentioned a lot, yet was very concise. Some topics that she covered were related to the security that the medical field provides, surrounding yourself around highly achieving individuals, being humble along every step of the way, and so much more. I'll leave it to her to fill in the rest. So without further ado, let's have a listen. Well, when you first hear that it's going to be 12 years, four years of undergrad, four years of medical school, and four years of residency minimum, you feel like that's so daunting and that's going to just take away your whole life and all your friends will be having a great time with their lives and you're just going to be suffering. But in some ways, some ways that's true, but I think the biggest misconception is that that you've lost all this time doing that. But to be honest, when I graduated, I found a lot of people who didn't go to medical school were still struggling to figure out their way and to find out what career they should do, whether they should do a career change. Whereas although we had 12 years, we had the certainty of understanding that we got where we wanted to be. So I think that's a misconception is just that you're wasting those 12 years. You're not. Finding reasons to sabotage yourself is probably a misconception. So if you can just try to avoid that, that would be the best. The second question was um, one efficient study strategy that has helped me be academically successful. So one thing that I always did was I tried to be friends with the people who are way smarter than me. I didn't think I was the smartest in every room, but I surrounded myself with those people that were. And so if I had any questions, I never hesitated to call them. Then I also never hesitated to ask professors for, you know, help, whether it be in after hours or getting tutoring. I had no ego in terms of saying I don't understand and I think that really did help me because I wasn't assuming nobody assumed I knew something so then I couldn't go back and ask I always kind of came from a really humble place and I think that really did help me and the other thing I really recommend is doing questions questions really help you more than anything Um, reading sometimes you know you might not retain all of it questions kind of hold you accountable so I think questions questions and more questions the third question was what advice would I give to driven pre-med students to enter the world of medicine. So number one, it is going to be an uphill battle in that, you know, I felt like out of, let's say, 100 people who wanted to be pre-med, maybe 15 ended up being doctors. So there is a lot of loss of that goal towards the end of undergrad. But I think that the big thing you can do is just really keep trying and also diversify yourself. You know, you're still a pre-med student. You should still study abroad. You should still be a well-rounded person because your focus is going to be medicine, you might as well become the most well-rounded applicant you can be. So sometimes the majors like business or at UCLA where I went, it was more like North Campus majors rather than South Campus, which were the science majors. I know somebody went on an archaeologic dig. I wish I'd done more of that. I was kind of the typical pre-med student. It would have been better had I diversified a little bit. Maybe if I was good at a sport or I did art or I did something else that helped me stand out amongst the crowd of pre-med students with perfect GPAs and perfect MCAT scores. That was so detailed and valuable. I'm sure many of us can resonate with at least one of those experiences. Thank you, Dr. Adelaide. Her Instagram handle is at Dr. Derm Love. That's D-R period, D-E-R-M period, L-O-V-E. If you're interested in seeing what else she's up to. Next, I would like to present Dr. Darshan Shah, a physical medicine and rehabilitation resident. He takes us on a journey through functional medicine, which he will explain what it means, amongst many other advice and misconceptions in medicine, like being a questioner instead of accepting everything for face value. He also mentions how to optimize growth by taking it slowly by improving 1% at a time. I'm super honored to be asked to be one of the physicians here for the Doctors in Podcast. Now, the first question I'm going to address is the biggest misconception 
misconception that I've learned is that it's okay to not agree with everything that you are going to learn. Now, as medical students, we take the knowledge we get and we run with it. And we almost swear to the information we learn because it's coming from authority. It's coming from research-backed science, right? As you go further into your journey, you're going to start to realize that not everything is so black and white and that it's actually completely okay to not agree with everything that you're learning about. For me, one of my goals is to practice functional medicine. And so what functional medicine really is, diagnosing the root cause and healing patients, not necessarily just treating symptoms, but really figuring out the root cause and getting down to the nitty gritty and making sure that symptoms don't necessarily arise again. Now, in the functional medicine space, it's very personalized medicine. It's very individualized. And so when you go through medical school, you start to learn medicine for what it's taught for the masses. When a patient comes into the hospital, you're going to do the things that almost all patients kind of receive. It's not necessarily as personalized. Now, granted, in the U.S., we're slowly moving towards a personalized system, a more individualized system, which is fantastic. But you're going to start to realize that not everything is black and white. You get less than 24 hours of nutrition learning in medical school. Now, that is obviously not enough. So again, one of the biggest misconceptions, I think, is that we have to take everything we learn and use it for value. And that's just not true. You are allowed to form your own opinions. You're allowed to look at the research with your own views. And you're allowed to practice medicine in your own way. Of course, ethically, and of course, doing right by your patient. But the only way science can move forward is if we choose to move the needle forward. And what that means is you have to be a skeptic. You have to question certain things. You can't just learn something and run with it because somebody told you. You have to do your own investigation. You want to be an individual who can make decisions and understand the why behind the diagnosis, behind the treatment, and just making sure that in the end, you're doing right by the patient. What advice would I give to a driven pre-med student that is about to enter the world of medicine? Now, if you've heard me talk on social media or other podcasts, these are the two piece of advice that I go to on a daily basis because I think they hold the most value. Now, the first is to stay on your own path. It is very easy for us, for those that go into medicine, to be very competitive, to compare ourselves constantly to the world around us, to make sure that, hey, are we failures or are we up for the task? And I'm here to tell you, comparing yourself will not make you content, it will not make you happy, and it will not make you successful. You really need to put your blinders on and you really have to understand that everybody has their own situation and their own circumstances. For me, going into medical school, I had a fiance and was in a long distance relationship and I was really, really into having a work-life balance. Other students, they may have a family to take care of. They may have to study so hard because they want to go into a field where it's so competitive. So it's important to keep in mind that while we can use others as a way to measure our status, it's not necessarily doing ourselves any good. And so it's very important to understand that you have your own strengths and that you have your own weaknesses. And I always say you have to double down on your strengths because that's what's going to really elevate your game, give you confidence. But it's also important to really work on your weaknesses and to make sure that you're a complete 
whole human being and person and student and eventually a physician. So stay on your path, put the blinders on. There's no time limit to when you can become a physician and just don't compare yourself. And now the second piece of advice I would give is to strive to become 1% better each and every day. I think in the world of medicine where the learning curve is so steep and we start almost at ground zero and we try to elevate ourselves and try to reach the top of the mountain with all the immense knowledge there is to learn, we have to go slowly. And the best way to do that and the best way to feel like you're not getting burnt out or that you are actually understanding the information you need to and learning as much as you need to is by just trying to improve by 1% every day. And 1% is not a whole lot, but when you compound that over a full year, for 365 days, if you become 1% better each and every day, you become 37 times better in one year. And that's the name of the game in medicine. It's all about improving. No one's gonna expect you to become a master in your field or a master medical student, but everyone expects you to at least strive to improve, to become better than who you were yesterday. And if you can just focus on that I really think you're going to enjoy the process, enjoy the journey, and actually end up becoming more successful because you're going to look back and be more content at your journey. Incredible answers. Dr. Darsh also has his own podcast called Optimize Your Life Podcast. You can find Dr. Darsh on Instagram at dr.darsh, which is D-O-C-T-O-R dot D-A-R-S-H. He posts book reviews and clips of his podcast episodes where he interviews interesting guests. And that's a wrap for our lineup of physicians. A big thank you to all the rockstar doctors who made this possible. We are incredibly delighted to have shared their responses with you and thank you to all the doctors and guests for tuning in episode one will be dropping on august 10th for more information and show notes please visit our website at www.doctorsandpodcast.com and follow our socials at doctors and podcast thank you everybody bye thanks for tuning in bye everyone